a part. I know I speak on behalf of Pastor Steve and all the music department. I'd love for you to join our sanctuary crowd. We are excited about what God is doing in and through International Community Church. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today, both on site and online. Let's do our pledge. Everybody ready? Here we go. This book is the infallible word of God. Christ is its star, our good, its design, and the glory of God, its end. This book declares that God loves me as I am, but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read two verses of Scripture again today. 1 Kings, going back to 1 Kings chapter 2, reading actually three verses of Scripture, verses 10 through 12. The Word of the Lord says, Then David rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned 40 years over Israel, seven years in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Verse 12, so Solomon sat on the throne of his father David and his rule was firmly established. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, we pray that you will anoint our ears to hear today, that you will anoint our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the living God desires to speak into every one of our hearts and lives this morning and let us forever be changed in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You know what we do before you see it? Turn around, smile real big, wave at somebody and say, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Isn't this a good looking crowd today? Amen. Give yourselves a hand clap of appreciation this morning. We do want to say we thank those joining us online. Thank you for joining us as well. Look, you are just as important to us as everyone else. We are the church, and God is here. God is wherever you are. Those of you joining us online, you might be in your home, um, hopefully not driving down the street. <laughs> May not be the best time to watch church online. But nevertheless, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. I just want to mention a couple of more things. I know we've had... A, a lot of announcements today, but we have a lot of announcements. You know why? Because we got a lot going on. ICC is the place to be. Uh, my wife and I, we're starting our Getting Acquainted class. If you have not gone through that class, or if you have not gone through that class recently, and uh, you're seriously thinking about getting back involved in ministry here at ICC, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, not only online you can join us online Wednesday night seven o'clock but you can also join us on site if you would like to come in if you feel safe about coming into the building uh, you can come and join us uh, we're going to be meeting in the cafe Wednesday night seven o'clock for the on-site class as well one more thing and that is what's next Sunday and you better know the answer Mother's Day Woo, some of you are going to get in trouble. Next Sunday's Mother's Day. 
If there's any day of the year you don't want to forget, you don't want to forget Mother's Day. It is a good, we're going to have a wonderful time next Sunday celebrating all of our moms. How many love you, Mom? Amen. Amen. Double amen. So thankful for all of our mothers. And we're going to be celebrating all that, having a very special Sunday. I don't mind telling you, you got Sister Tanya Chubb going to be bringing the word next Sunday. Excited about that. Thank you, Miss Tanya Chubb, for being willing to do that for us. Going to have a great day in the Lord. We're having a great day in the Lord right now. Amen and amen. I just wanted to read a couple more verses of scripture to get us started. 2 Kings chapter 19. I wanted to read verse 32 and verses 32 through 34. I believe we have these on the screen. Picking up where we left off last Sunday, there were a couple of things that I felt very strongly needed to be shared that I wanted to take time to share today about the series Preserving Our Holy Heritage. Preserving our holy heritage. Verse 32 says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. Verse 33, By the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. Here's the key right here. Verse 34, I will, the Lord speaking, don't miss that, I will defend this city and save it. And notice what God said next. For my sake and for the sake of who? David, my servant. So how is it possible to live beyond one's lifetime? Is that even possible? The answer to that question is absolutely yes. You can live beyond your lifetime. Living beyond one's lifetime has to do with the kind of harvest that you and I will leave our children and our loved ones who will follow after us one day when we go on to be with the Lord by way of the grave, if the Lord should tarry that long. Look, the rapture could happen right now. How many know that? You know, the rapture could take place before we, we pray our dismissal prayer and walk out of this building. So the point is we need to be ready at any time, any moment, that the Lord will call us home to be with him. But whether we go by way of rapture or whether we go by way of the grave, loving and living beyond tomorrow requires you and me to live beyond ourselves today. Now look, that goes against our human nature. That goes against our makeup as human beings. We're not used to living beyond ourselves. We're used to our lives being all about who? About us. I'm used to my life being all about Todd. What Todd wants, what Todd needs, what Todd deserves, all these things. But look, living beyond our lifetime is about learning to live outside, or better way to put it, beyond ourselves, beyond our own life. Look, you're, whether you realize it or not, the heritage that God has given the church is an eternal heritage. It is an eternal legacy that we are going to leave behind. And we're forming that legacy right now. The seeds that we sow today, church, 
have the power and the anointing, they are fertilized by the blood of Jesus Christ. And friend, any seed that is sown that is fertilized by the blood of Jesus Christ is going to bring forth an abundant harvest. The question is, what kind of seed are we sowing? You see, we're not just living for ourselves. We are living for our children. We're living for our children's children. We are living for people who will follow us in our footsteps. We love beyond our lifetime, church, by making sure that our legacy, our spiritual legacy, our afterglow, if you will, that we leave behind is firmly established. Can you say that with me today? Firmly established in the Lord Jesus Christ. King David's legacy was firmly established. You see, Solomon, his son, represented his legacy. Solomon's rule over Israel was firmly established. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. We mentioned this last Sunday about the importance of us building our legacy on the rock who is Jesus Christ. But Jesus said something else there about that. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and 19, he said, on this rock, speaking about himself, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do you understand that we have, as blood-bought children of God today, church, we have been given the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been given power over the devil. Can somebody say amen? amen. We have been given power over the, the strongholds that the enemy seeks to establish in our families, in our marriages, in our homes, in our hearts, our schools, and even our churches. We have been given authority by God himself to declare Satan to be what he is. How many know today that the devil is a liar? And the truth is not in him. And the devil works really hard to deceive us to deceive, to kill and destroy and to bring chaos and confusion. How many know that God is not the author of confusion today? The devil is. God is not the author of confusion. God wants to bring order to our lives, order to our society, order to our church. I'm saying today that the greatest gifts that you and I can give to our children is a legacy that has been firmly established on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. Say that again. Jesus. Say it one more time real loud. Jesus. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Jesus is the rock that is ever enduring. Jesus is the rock that will never pass away. You see, you and I, one day we're going to pass away. But the rock is still going to be here. Let us establish our legacy on the rock who is 
Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that rock that is eternal today. Jesus Christ is that rock that is everlasting to everlasting. Jesus Christ is that rock. He is the Son of the living God, and He shall never pass away. So if your legacy is built on the rock of Jesus, you can be at peace today because long after you're gone, long after I'm gone, the legacy that you and I will leave behind will endure. And I'm going to prove it to you today. Psalm 89, verse 3 and 4, God declared regarding David his servant. He said, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. Verse 4, your seed, say your seed. Your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. But how do we leave this heritage to those who come after us? Well, we're going to talk about that for a couple more moments this morning. That's this. How do we leave a legacy that lasts beyond our lifetime? We do that by modeling Jesus Christ in our lives today. We model who Jesus is. And no, I'm not saying that, that we have to be perfect. We all know better than that. None of us here today, whether you realize it or not, are perfect. None of us are flawless except Jesus Christ himself. It's not about living or leaving a perfect legacy. It's about leaving a legacy that will last as it is founded and established on the rock who is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Friday, May 3rd, 2018, I watched Billy Graham's funeral ceremony. You may have two. But one by one, his children shared about what their father meant to them, how much Billy Graham meant to them personally. One of Billy Graham's daughters in particular came up and shared something that was very personal, probably very private, but she felt like she needed to share it that day. She shared that after two failed marriages, both of those marriages ending in divorce, she remembered coming back home feeling like a total failure. After all, she was Billy Graham's daughter. And I know we all know that we don't want to disappoint our dads, do we? But especially if your dad happens to be the worldwide evangelist Billy Graham. You sure don't want to disappoint Billy Graham. That's what she said. She said, you women know you don't want to embarrass your father but you really don't want to embarrass Billy Graham. She said she didn't know how her father was going to respond that day. She was embarrassed. She was humiliated herself. She felt like a failure. She felt like a loser. But, that, but when she pulled into the driveway to meet her dad, Billy Graham, she didn't even get out of the car before her father came took hold of her, placed his big old arms around her and embraced her. He told her that he loved her. 
and that everything was going to be all right. He said, welcome home, daughter. There will be no shame here. But I want you to listen to what she said about her father. She said, there was no shame. There was no blame. There was no condemnation. Just by her own words, unconditional love. And finally, she said, my father was not God. But my father showed me what God was like that day. You see, this is what I'm talking about. We are preaching a sermon every day of our lives. Do you know that? We preach a sermon, mothers and fathers and and all of us who are in leadership, positions of influence over the next generations, we are all influencers and we are all preaching a sermon to the next generation. You may not consider yourself a preacher today. You may not have ever preached a sermon in your life, but you preach a sermon every day through the life that you live. What sermon are we living in front of our children at home? What sermon are we living before them during times of pressure? During times of struggle, what seeds are we sowing into the generations that will follow after us? What seeds are we sowing into their lives which they will carry with them beyond our own lives? I said our harvest, church, is an eternal harvest. Our legacy will be a harvest that we will pass on to those who will follow in our footsteps one day. You and I must be certain today that our lives are firmly established on Jesus Christ, who is the rock of our salvation. Because I want you to understand, one day you and I are not going to be here. And it's not going to be our sparkling personality that our children and our children's children are going to remember so much. But I tell you what they will remember, that is the love of Jesus Christ that they experience through our own lives and through our own existence. I don't want my children so much to remember about how great of a personality that I have or or how wonderful of a preacher I may or may not have been, but I do want them to remember this. I want them to remember that there is a God in heaven who loves them, that there is a God in heaven who will keep them through the storms of life, that there is a God in heaven who is real, whose love is everlasting to everlasting. We must be certain today that our lives are firmly established on the rock who is the Lord Jesus Christ. What is so interesting to me is that after centuries, hundreds of years after David's death, here we find again King Hezekiah in the kingdom of Judah under great attack. King Hezekiah could easily, visibly see that the armies of Sennacherib, the armies of Assyria, were beyond what his eye could even see. They were massive in number. They were massive in weaponry, artillery. Hezekiah knew they did not stand a chance by themselves. They didn't stand a chance on their own. And that Sennacherib had come 
and had declared war on Jerusalem. That was his first mistake. What Sennacherib did not know and did not understand, he wasn't merely declaring war on a city, just another city that's going to fall. No, Sennacherib had declared war on a legacy. He had declared war upon David's legacy. He had declared war on a, a legacy that had been established in God himself. And when Sennacherib declared war on David's legacy, are you following what I'm saying this morning? When he declared war on the man of God's legacy, that's where God came in to the picture. It was King Hezekiah who was a descendant of David who prostrated himself before the Lord and cried out to God because it looked like his kingdom was on the brink of total annihilation. But I want you to understand, Hezekiah went to God because somewhere along the line, somebody taught him to go to God when the enemy would come in like a flood. Parents, if there's one thing that we need to teach our children, it's how to go to the Lord when life gets tough. How to find a place to call upon the God of heaven and get in touch with the God of glory when we don't know, when they don't know which way to go or which way to turn or which way is even up anymore. But they know that they can go to the God of heaven and he will hear them pray. What is interesting to me is that Hezekiah learned this behavior from somebody. But he did not learn it, interestingly enough, from his own father. If you do the study and go back and do some research on Hezekiah's life and Hezekiah's father who came before him, you will learn that Hezekiah's father was just the opposite. Hezekiah's father was ungodly. Hezekiah's father was a wicked Cruel man. So where did Hezekiah learn this behavior to seek the Lord when life got tough? He learned it from his grandfather. His grandfather taught him how to pray. His grandfather went before the Lord and Hezekiah as a little child must have seen his grandfather who had also been the king of Judah. Go before the Lord time and time and time again. When he didn't know what else to do, he went to God and prayed. Parents, let us teach our children to call upon the Lord. Let us demonstrate to our children and children's children that there is a place we can go called a prayer closet, called an altar, called a quiet place that we can get away and lift up our voice and call upon the God of heaven and know that he will answer us. Hezekiah knew that God would answer him because he had seen God answer his grandfather time and time again. It was then that the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah. And I want you to hear what the Lord said to Hezekiah. 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 34 says, For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. 
And then notice what it says. For David's sake. That's what God said. That's what God told Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah. For David's sake. That his son Solomon inherited a unified kingdom. And centuries later it was for David's sake that God would show up and defend the city of Jerusalem. Listen to me, Jerusalem was just another city, but no it wasn't. Because Jerusalem represented David's legacy. I know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourself, yes, but this is King David. I'm no David. Listen to me. You don't have to be a David for God to honor your legacy. You don't have to be a David for the Lord to honor uh, your faith in him. Listen to me. The Bible teaches us that God is no respecter of person. You know what that tells me? That tells me that if he'll do it for David, guess what? He'll do it for you too. And he'll do it for me. Here's the point. If you will remember the Lord during your lifetime, the Lord will remember you and your children beyond your lifetime. That means when I can no longer pour into my kids, when I can no longer teach my kids about right and wrong, when I'm too weak or feeble or maybe I'm, I won't even be here, guess what? Just because I'm gone, God will still be here because he is the God that does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he does not change. And long after I am gone, the God of heaven will continue to do what? Honor my faith that I am demonstrating in him today. I said you can leave a legacy that will last beyond your lifetime. Look at somebody and tell them he'll, he'll do it for you. Tell somebody else he'll do it for you too. I'm not talking about being perfect. King David wasn't perfect either. I'm talking about being real. Being real. Meaning we do fall down. But guess what? What I want my children to see in me is that when, I, when daddy falls down, in the name of Jesus Christ, daddy's going to get back up. I want my children to see that when daddy fails... Go ahead and give him a hand clap of praise. That's all right. I want my children to see that when daddy fails, he's going to fail because he's a man and he has feet of clay. But because the God of heaven lives, because Jesus Christ reigns, because I have built my life on the rock of Jesus Christ, daddy's going to get back up again. And daddy's going to keep on marching. He's going to keep on pressing. He's going to keep on moving in the name of Jesus because God in whom I have believed is the everlasting God and he does not change. Somebody give God praise in the house of the Lord today. Listen, somebody needs to tell the devil this morning, say it out loud, say God will do it for me too. 
God will do it for you too. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 is the scripture I think we all hang on to at some point in time in our lives. It says, if my, God speaking, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What kind of legacy are we passing on to our children today? Listen to me, folks, moms, dads, grandparents. It's got to be real. Dead religion isn't going to do it. The world can identify what's fake and what's real very quickly. So can our children. They can identify what's the real thing. They can identify what's authentic and they can identify what isn't real and what isn't authentic. I said the next generations don't need a dead, wore-out religion. They need a burning on fire for God, revival fire, I'm talking about this morning, kind of religion that they can get excited about. And you know what? If they don't see us getting excited about it, why should they be excited about it? Can somebody say amen? I said it's time for mom and dad to get excited about Jesus again. Can somebody help me preach today? I said it's time for mom and dad and grandpa and grandma to get excited about the God that we serve again. And understand our attitude toward Christ church is a reflection of our attitude toward Christ himself. Is God a priority in our lives? That's what I'm getting at today. When our children see us get excited about God, living for God, sharing our faith with a lost and dying world, friend, that excitement will be contagious. And guess what? They're going to get excited too. There is nothing that excites me more when I see our little kids come up here and sing to the Lord. There's nothing that excites me more. When I see our young people, like they did, come up on this stage and sing their heart outs for the Lord, they're not bashful. They're not ashamed of the God that they serve. You know what? They're not ashamed, neither should we be ashamed. Let us arise and proclaim in whom we believe, proclaim in whom we serve, and know that God is a God who will deliver for the sake of his people in the present and for his people in the future. If Pastor Steve, if you'll come and play softly on the keyboard this morning, you see our children see through the futility of religion I don't want to just leave my kids religion. Religion doesn't, religion alone doesn't do it. We need the Pentecostal power. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Pentecostal power? I'm talking about the kind of power that those gathered in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 experienced when the Holy Spirit of God fell upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That's the kind of power that I'm talking about today, church. 
I don't want to pass down to the next generation ritual that is void of the power of the Holy Ghost. Will you please stand with me this morning? Hezekiah was David's great-grandson. Now look, Hezekiah wasn't just David's great-grandson. I got to get a drink because what I'm going to say next is going to take some effort. Now I want you to get this. This is important. Hezekiah, I have to use my fingers, don't laugh. Hezekiah was David's great, 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 one more, great grandson. Are you hearing that? Don't make me say it again because I don't think I could keep count. I take my shoes off and you don't want me to do that. (laughs) But listen to me. Many generations after David was long gone, God was still taking care of his lineage. God will take care of your children. But let us live the life of Christ before them. That they will know, that they know, that they know, that they know beyond the shadow of a doubt. That the God that mom and dad served is real and is alive. And he's a forgiving God. He doesn't throw us away when we sin. He doesn't throw us by the wayside when we fail and let him down. Thank the Lord he doesn't do that or I would not be standing before you this morning. But we serve a God of second chances. How many know that today? We serve a God of second chances. And not just second chances, but third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. Friend, as long as we'll return to God, guess what? God will meet you with wide open arms. That's the kind of God that I want my children to know. That's the kind of God that I want my children to experience. He's a merciful Savior. He's a loving God. But when we take Him seriously... In our lives, that's when he really starts taking us seriously. So today, let's get serious with the Lord. Is that all right? I want to read this. I got to read this. I'll be leaving you hanging. 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 35 and 36. Listen to what God did for David's legacy. I can't leave this out. The Bible says, That night, as Hezekiah prayed, David's grandson, 11 times removed. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 Assyrians. When the people got up the next morning, there were all dead bodies. That great 
massive army that Hezekiah had seen the day before he prayed. The day after he prayed, that same army was dead. And Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem didn't lift a finger to do it. Do you know why? Oh yeah, go ahead and give God a hand clap for praise. Do you know why? Somebody in here knows why. Hezekiah and the armies of Jerusalem didn't lift a finger to, to do it. You know why? Because God fought their battles for them. Oh, that makes me excited. I don't know, make somebody excited here this morning. I said, God fought their battles for them. And what's even more, just as interesting as that, is that Sennacherib went back the way he came, just like God said he would do. But when Sennacherib went back, not much longer after that happened, the Bible says that his own sons, Sennacherib's own legacy rose up against him and killed him while he was worshiping in his false god's temple. They killed their own daddy because their daddy served the wrong god. Let us know who we serve today. Let us know that the God of heaven that we serve is faithful. We should be faithful. This is what I want us to do in prayer, in closing prayer. I know we're not holding hands. If you feel comfortable holding the hand of your, I think you'll feel comfortable holding the hand of your spouse, of your children, if your children are near you, they may not be your teenagers. Families, in other words, if you'll take the hand of your family, not of a stranger, but of your family. I want us to lift our families up to the Lord in prayer this morning before we leave this place. Can we lift up their hands right where they are? Missy, I know you're in here. Will you come hold my hand? We're going to pray with our children. I know Luke is here, but I'm not sure where he is. We hold up our family's hands to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus and let us pray God in the name of Christ Lord we claim our families right now we claim our homes for the Lord Jesus Christ who is the rock that does not perish the rock that does not wither Lord God we pray for our homes Look, I want to hear you pray this morning. Pray out loud. Pray for your family in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for our spouse this morning. We pray for them. We pray for our children. We pray for our home. We pray a hedge around our families this day. For the enemy would love to do nothing less than tear our families apart. To tear our marriages to shreds and to leave our legacy shipwrecked, broken into pieces. But Lord God, this day we declare victory over the devil in the name of the Lord. Come on moms, come on dads, 
let us lift up our voices today and declare victory over Satan today. On behalf of our homes, in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare victory today over the devil. Victory today over Satan who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. Who is the liar and the father of all lies? Who seeks to put us against one another and calls us to tear one another to pieces? But oh God, we claim victory over the devil today. We rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody needs to rebuke the devil this morning. In the name of the Lord, we rebuke the devil today. In the name of Jesus Christ, take your hands off of our children. Take your hands off of our marriage. Take your hands off of our home. We belong to God. Our children belong to God today. They don't belong to you, devil. They belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we reaffirm our faith in the Lord Christ, who is the rock of our salvation. So let the storm come. Let the winds blow. Let the rain fall. It doesn't matter. Because when all is said and done, we will still stand. For in the words of Joshua, say this with me, church. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, let God's people give him a hand clap of praise this morning. If you believe that today, give God glory in this place. Let the devil know today that you mean business. Let the enemy know today that you are sold out to serving Jesus. Tell him, say, devil, I'm sold out to the Lord. And friend, when you're sold out to the Lord, there's not anything the devil can use against you because you've already given it all to him in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we give Jesus one more hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Praise be unto the living God. Let us lift up our hands and our voices and shout to the God of heaven who was and is and is to come and forevermore shall be. Blessed be the holy name of Jesus. Blessed be the holy name. Love only just for one more moment. Tell Jesus how much you love him. Tell him how much he means to you today. We love you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel victory in this place this morning. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost here this morning. Let us walk in victory today in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Let God's people pray in closing prayer. Then you may be dismissed. God, in the name of Christ, thank you for the presence that we have felt today. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that you have bestowed upon your people this morning. Thank you for our children, for what you're doing in and through our children's ministry. 
Thank you for what you're doing in and through our youth ministry today, the Lit Youth Ministry and the Acme Children's Ministry. Thank you, God, for our music ministry, God, for this wonderful sanctuary choir and all that you're doing in and through our church, God. We can never give you thanks enough. But go with us as we leave here this day that your word serve as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Go before us, making our path straight. And let everything that we do and all that we are bring glory and honor to you, the Lord God Most High. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. And you are dismissed. God bless you.